Welcome to the Disruptor Series podcast, Adweek's agency podcast of the year. Every episode, we listen to and learn from people who are disrupting business, culture, and life. Let's give a warm Disruptor Series welcome to Deanna Deacon, speaker, author, and intuitive life coach. She's got a brand new book out called Feminine Warrior. Deanna, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Asha. I'm very honored to be here. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself, Deanna. I am a woman who lives in a small town in British Columbia, Canada, who is coming here to speak with you today about feminine warrior, about what it means for women to rise in their own inner strength and know that we can create change in this world when women come into the power they have within themselves first. So I'm an intuitive life coach. I am a woman on a mission to awaken other women to that strength within them. And I'm honored to be here and be able to share part of that story with the women and the men who are listening here today. Thanks, Deanna. And we are super excited to have you here as well. You mentioned your book. This is your debut book, Feminine Warrior, and it's out now. So very exciting. You describe it on your website as an invitation to honor the natural feminine and masculine rhythms that really flow within us. Tell us a little bit about that. What does that mean? Yeah, every being, everything that is alive has both masculine and feminine energy. Humans have it, plants have it, animals have it. And what occurs, what has been occurring for decades and centuries is we have been leaning towards our masculine energy as a collective society. And in doing so, the masculine energy is a lot of that driven energy, the achieving the goals, the pushing, the burning the candle at both ends, making things happen, not consulting how you're feeling and instead just getting the job done. And while that can be very powerful and really effective at achieving goals, it is not sustainable for the long term. So the idea behind this book and this conversation is to awaken individuals to realize there is the ability to balance both energies, the feminine being more of the present moment, the joy, the stopping to smell the roses, as you've all heard before, coming into more of that creative nature within you where you can find solutions without having to seek them. They just come to you. When we balance those two together, there's a lot more ease. And the biggest thing, it's sustainable. So you're not going to burn out. You're not going to end up with those physical ailments that have been challenging you for years. You're able to get things done and feel more fulfillment and more ease and health along the way. That's so interesting. And and I'm actually pretty jazzed about the fact that this is actually the first Disruptor Series episode that's all women. So (laughs) shout out for that. (laughs) Uh, Very exciting. Our original hosts of uh, Rob Schwartz and Doug Melville are letting me hold down the fort today. So I'm very excited to join in here. You know, one of the things, uh, Deanna, that I think is really interesting is the fact that it actually doesn't often come natural for women to embrace some of these elements of themselves. And I'm just curious as to why you think that is. Yeah, it's all societal conditioning. It's from decades and centuries of us being taught and told and emulating those that we see of women who are suppressing their feminine because... As a collective culture, we believe that the feminine is far too emotional. It's far too, it it, it doesn't have any drive to it. It's just relaxing and joy and being in the moment and it doesn't get anything done. And as a culture, we value so much the productivity, the outcome, exactly what we're going to get at the end of us putting in that effort. However, 
if you focus all of your energy on that, there's no actual achievement. Yes, you might achieve that goal, but do you feel fulfilled? Like, is that actually making you happy or are you moving towards the next goal immediately after you accomplish that first one? And women have become really, really good at suppressing their emotions and pretending they're not there so they can get the job done. And what I've come to notice in the past six years that I've been working exclusively with women in a coaching perspective, very intimate coaching, is that when we suppress our emotions in this way, it causes more physical, emotional, and mental challenges for us down the road. We are imbalanced, we are exhausted, we are unable to continue caring for our children, for our careers, for our households. It's exhausting and not sustainable. That's so interesting because especially in the corporate environment, there is almost a elevation, if you will, of not being emotional, essentially, of actually parking those to the side and acting a bit more like your male counterparts. And so I think it's really interesting that you're saying to lean into that as a woman and kind of lean into that emotional intelligence as well. Yeah, exactly. And there's so many women that have started to play with this concept of balancing the feminine and masculine. And what happens is when you stop trying to be in quotations like a man and do the things in the way that you believe your male counterparts, that's how it's supposed to be done, you activate your innate essence of being a woman, which is that intuitive nature. It's that gut instinct. It's that sensation of we shouldn't continue with this deal. And I can't tell you why yet, but I know there's a reason that we shouldn't. And when you start cultivating this skill, you can actually save yourself, your company, all parts of your life, money, time, and resources, because you have that sensation from within. And it's a skill that we're born with, but we need to cultivate because over the decades that we've been alive, we've been suppressing it and telling ourselves it's just child's play. It doesn't actually matter. It's so fascinating to me. And, and uh, in addition to your amazing talents as a writer, you also mentioned you're an empowerment coach. You do a lot and it's very easy to kind of get that very quickly, even just kind of hearing you speak. Tell us, what exactly is an empowerment coach? Yeah, absolutely. So the way that I look at it is every individual, men and women, all of us that are here we have this unique gift within us. We have this history, this journey that we've been on through our life, through our relationship with our parents, through the relationships we had growing up in school, the experiences that we had that cultivate who we are. And when we learn how to cultivate exactly who we are from within and allow that to be a part of our everyday life, we feel empowered with who we are instead of what is currently happening where we're trying to all be the same in one way or another. We are trying to fit in with society. We are trying to make ourselves so similar to others so that everything fits well. And when we do that, we lose our own unique energy. We lose that gift that's within us. And when we lose that, life is mundane. There's a lack of fulfillment. You can continue doing whatever you want to achieve and you're not going to find that happiness and joy. So when it comes to empowerment coaching and working with individuals to find that empowerment within, it's literally just bringing people home to who they are, getting in touch with yourself, learning how to work with your own intuition, learning how to release the need to be accepted and liked by all, learning how to listen to your body when you're pushing yourself too far and you're about to have a physical breakdown, learning how to listen to all of the whispers of wisdom that are within you so that you can show up as exactly who you are, the unique essence of yourself, and let that be of service to those around you.
I think that's amazing. And it's, you know, for better or worse, it, it does kind of feel like we're living in a bit of a, a coaching golden age right now, if you will, right? <laughs> Between everything that's going on in 2020, whether it's the pandemic or the U.S. elections, it does feel like people are sort of taking a beat to reassess and to think. And so I'm actually just curious in terms of your thoughts, in terms of, you know, why do you think this is happening? Do you think that people are better for it? And do you think this is kind of here to stay? Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. Asha, last night I was um, having dinner with some friends of mine and the conversation came to one of our friends had heard of five different suicides within this past week. And it's, it's so heartbreaking to know, it's not even to think this is happening, but to know that everything that is occurring in the world right now is creating more and more pressure for each individual to have to learn how to be who they are. We are having to come up against all of our inner fears. We're having to come up against our relationships that are breaking down without knowing how to move forward with them. We're coming up against losing jobs, losing incomes, and not trusting what's coming around the corner, not knowing that we can rely on our leaders to support us. And when that happens, if you don't have the ability to go within for your resiliency and your strength, you'll lose yourself. You will feel lost. And to know that there are an increase in suicide rates because of everything that's happening in this global landscape right now breaks my heart because all of us have the ability to feel empowered from within. It is our gift. It is a choice. You look at a small child, they trust themselves. They love themselves. They'll talk about themselves all day. They'll look in a mirror and they'll just stare into it because they're fascinated. And we lose that as adults because we're trying to fit in with others. We're trying to not be judged by others. And so the empowerment aspect is more than just make you feel good. Mm -hmm. It's give you the tools so that you can make it through something like a global pandemic when you have no idea how long it's going to last and make it through an election where you don't trust your leadership and make it through mass amounts of the earth flooding and fires and storms and hurricanes and still trusting that there can be joy and peace and love in this lifetime. I mean, climate change, it's almost like 2020 almost made you forget that that's actually the number one issue in our lifetime. Like that is crazy. And then just switching gears back to you for a second, have you found that there's been a greater demand for your specific services? Have you been sort of doing virtual sessions? How has that been going? Yeah, I feel grateful that before the pandemic started, I was already doing virtual sessions. So that was a really easy transition to stay in that capacity. My clients are global, which means that I can access them from anywhere when I'm at home with Zoom, which is amazing. And there has been a greater demand. At first, it was crickets. The first couple months of the pandemic, I went into my own fear of, whoa, if everyone's losing their jobs and losing their belief of what's happening in the future, are they going to come back to seeking this support? Because unfortunately, hiring a coach for a lot of people is a luxury. It's not an essential aspect in their minds, in their perspective. But then as it continued, after lockdown started to soften, people realized it's not over yet. They started to understand the need for that inner resiliency. And yeah, clients just keep coming to me and it's incredible. And I'm so grateful to have been doing this for so many years to fully trust in my ability to bring each individual to their own inner strength. That's amazing. And it, it's sort of, I even like the way you phrase that in terms of they see the need for inner resiliency versus they see the need for a coach. You know, I think that that's a nice way to sort of describe it. 
Yeah. And Asha, something that I learned years ago, we have this really negative stigma about having support, whether it be a counselor or going to see a therapist or hiring a coach. We believe as a collective culture that that means there's something wrong with us and we need someone to fix us. And I want to abolish that right now and say, absolutely not. The greatest thing that you can do for yourself is have a mentor, a coach, a therapist, a counselor, a support person to support you because life is not easy. There are so many challenges that we come up against and having an external person who knows you, who sees the greatest aspects of you and brings that out in who you are, that's what makes such a difference for you to lean back on that support. And I learned this at a young age after I lost my mom when I was 19 to cancer and I went to therapy for the first time and I felt embarrassed. And when I walked out of every session, I felt like I could handle it. I felt like I could take on anything that came my way because I was supported. That's when I started to realize the immense value of having someone in your corner backing you up. It's so true. And to just sort of you know, you mentioned a little bit of your journey, you know, your, your website does say that you help to create roadmaps, if you will, to really help take people from having those negative feelings, right? From feeling isolated, frustrated, you know, emotionally empty, to really feeling empowered. And so I'd love to kind of just hear a little bit about, you know, your roadmap and how you became kind of who you are today. Oh my goodness. What a fun question. (laughs) Um, My roadmap, So growing up, I'm going to do a very short version. I was always abnormal. I was bullied a lot as a child. I never fully felt like I fit in. I just, even with my family, I was surrounded by love. And yet I felt like no one got me. No one understood who I was. It was like I could see or feel something different than the average person. And that took me into this experience of who am I if I'm not like everybody else? How do I learn how to fit in? And Asha, I tried. I tried to fit in for years. I followed the roadmap that I learned in my career and personal planning class in junior high. I got the job. I got the house. I got the husband. I did the things that I'm supposed to do. And I was so unhappy. I couldn't figure out why. I just felt like there had to be more. And it took me giving up everything, except my husband, I took him with me. It took me giving up everything and moving to New Zealand for a year to slow everything down, to get real with myself, to go through a deep, deep depression and slowly, step-by-step, find my way to the other side. And that other side, what that looked like was listening to my own body, checking in with myself before making a decision, not committing to doing everything for everybody else, but instead making myself a priority. And I'm really happy to say that in doing so, I've also been able to stay in my masculine energy and grow an incredible business that I absolutely love and feel inspired by every day because I balance both my masculine and feminine energy. And that's the key piece of it is finding the balance that works for you and allowing you to be guided from within instead of the incessant external pressure that we see and feel and experience every day. You know, I'm I'm almost getting like goosebumps here talking (laughs) to you because, you know, some of our listeners don't necessarily know kind of my whole, you know, story, but there are a lot of parallels in terms of, you know, what you're talking about and my own life. In a similar, I I grew up with a single dad, you know, uh, I, I was much younger when my mom was not around. She, you know, and and so that I think just definitely contributes to your outlook on life uh, of not having kind of the traditional family structure in your situation. You know, your mom was ill. And so 
she's not able to kind of do all the things that everybody else's mom was doing. And in my situation, she left. And, uh, you know, my grandmother was trying to fill that role, which again, is just not the same as everybody else. And I think that that's so interesting. And, and also, you know, I left Canada and moved to New York in 2016. And I do think that there is something about just picking up and leaving things behind and just kind of figuring out yourself, you know, and, and obviously I'm, I'm still in the place that I left. But, you know, you really did take a big risk and you did leave it behind. You did start fresh. And I'm just curious in terms of what do you think would be different if you didn't do that? You know, especially in when we talk about trying to help folks today where picking up and going to a different country is not necessarily an option right now. So uh, just curious to hear your thoughts. Uh, just on that note, in um, two weeks, I am meant to be on my way to New Zealand to host a retreat at the retreat center where my husband and I lived for months, which of course we're not doing because New Zealand is not welcoming anybody in. So that's even a piece of inner resiliency. Everything's fine. It's okay to not travel all winter. I'll make it through. <laughs> but when it comes to really allowing yourself to find your path. To not be able to pack everything up, give up with the family, give up the job. I get it. That's not always an option for everyone. But the biggest thing to keep in mind is it's about coming back to yourself. So it's about asking yourself questions. And I teach this in the form of coming into alignment with your intuition because your intuition, you are receiving guidance every day, all day long. You're receiving guidance about what food to eat, whether or not you should go to that meeting, what you should wear, whether you should call that friend that's been on your mind or not, everything. It's always happening. But we tend to just quell that. We don't listen to it. We put it to the side. And what I found for myself is I noticed I had a lot of physical ailments. I had chronic digestive problems to the point where I couldn't eat for the first few hours in the day, not because I wanted to stay skinny, but because I couldn't physically eat without running to the bathroom. I had chronic headaches. I was noticing that I was allowing myself to rest every evening with a couple glasses of wine and listening and watching Netflix and playing on my phone every single night. I have always been a really active person and yet I just couldn't manage a healthy level of energy even though I was sleeping lots, even though I was working out. And the problem was, is I was living a life that didn't feel real for me. It was like I was living somebody else's life. And I know that those of you listening, you can relate to this in some way. It's like you're doing everything for someone else. And when you feel that, the reason you feel that is you're being asked to come inside. You're being asked to consult with your own heart. And I know for some, this can feel really airy-fairy and wishy-washy, and that's because of the way that we have downplayed and villainized our feminine energy for so long. But I believe, Asha, I truly believe that, like you had mentioned about climate change, in order for the energy of the earth, the energy of humanity to find some form of harmony and balance, including our leadership within different countries, including the global landscape of what's occurring with this pandemic, I believe what we need is a shift in our balance of feminine and masculine energy. And so for each individual who is listening right now and knows that something in life has to change, your invitation is to come within yourself and start asking questions all day, every day. What do I want? What would make me happy? Not what goal do I have to accomplish? Not how many things are on my to-do list to get done today, but what would bring me a sense of joy? I think the key there is what would bring me a sense of joy. I think 
definitely as a woman, it is quite a powerful statement to say that you feel like you're living other people's life. Because a lot of times as a woman, you're doing what's best for your family, whether it's your core nuclear family, or whether it's, you know, your married family, once you kind of move on to that life. And so I think that there is something interesting in terms of just taking ownership back uh, of yourself. You know? Yeah, I really see it as um, uh, we are designed to manage energy more so than do all the things. And that it's, we're natural caregivers as women. It's, it comes naturally to us to think of others, to, to be multitasking, thinking about all the things that need to be done at one time. And that's because we have this ability to maintain the energetic frequency of our, you know, our corporate environment, of our coworkers, of our family, of our social networks. And what happens is when we're constantly doing the things and not tapping into ourselves, we lose that ability. And so then we become exhausted and then we lash out at the people that we care about. We don't have the time or space to tend to ourselves or others. And we feel guilty because of that, because we've given to everybody else and there's nothing left for ourselves. And then we lash out at everyone we care about. I'm sure, you know, at least the women listening to this, their necks are probably tired from nodding so much as they're listening to you speak. Uh, but I, I'm curious because what do you think is important for men to understand? You know, how can men sort of help? Because a lot of times women are not vocal about this. They're not actually telling the men in their lives that they're doing this or that they actually need help. Instead, they're just lashing out. So people don't really know. What advice would you give to men as they sort of deal with women across various aspects of their lives? Yeah, I think that's a really important piece. And it actually brings me back to a moment where I was witnessing uh, two individuals that I love deeply who are married and she was just so upset with him, but wouldn't express why. Would, I'm fine. Everything's fine. I'm fine. And I had a conversation with the male after about how to move through a situation like that when your wife or your woman or someone you care about is not willing to open up. And when that's the case, it's really important for men to be doing this work as well, to be balancing within their feminine and masculine. Because when it comes to a relationship, there's this energetic polarity in any given moment. So one individual will be more in their feminine energy and one will be more in their masculine. When your woman is in her masculine of, I'm fine, everything's fine, I don't want to talk to you, no, get away. When she's in that state, she's in her masculine. If you can come into your feminine, which for a man could look like, what can I do for you? I brought you dinner in bed while you're here going through this. I'm going to go out and grab the groceries. I took tomorrow off. It's okay if you're busy, but I just thought maybe I'd stay home, spend some time with you. Anything to allow her to be cared for and nourished is what's going to help her come back into her feminine and allow her to feel safe to open up to you about how she can't handle everything that's going on in her life. And to me, this is conscious relationships because when you're in an intimate relationship with someone, you are actively choosing every day to be present with them. And we're not taught how to do this. I'm getting fired up, Asha. This is what I get so passionate about in our school system, in the way that we are taught how to live our lives, there's two key pieces we're not taught. One is finances and how to actually handle our finances in life and knowing that we're going to be dealing with that every day for our entire adult life. And the other is relationships. How do you communicate openly? How do you allow your needs to be expressed in a way that someone else can receive it? How do you hold space for another person that you care about? How do you be in relationship with someone when you love them, but you don't like them. <laughs> These are all key components of what brings us fulfillment and happiness. Yeah, and I, it's so interesting because 
the advice that you gave in terms of, you know, what can a, a male do as he's sort of dealing with potential females in his life, those are things that naturally a woman would do. As a woman, when a man in your life, whether it's personal or professional, is going through something, your innate response is to be, you know, what can I do? How can I help you? You know, it's something as simple as I'll cook dinner tonight or whatever. Like these are things that you're not even thinking as a woman that you're doing, but yet you're not really asking for the same back to you. So I think that's also kind of really interesting. Yeah. And that's a testament to the fact that we all, this is natural within us. We've just really trained ourselves and taught ourselves to ignore it. And again, if you just come back to that polarity of feminine and masculine, whenever even a coworker, a friend, a partner, when you can tell they're either deep in their feminine or deep in their masculine, bring in the polarity, bring in the opposite and witness what happens. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. And you talk a lot about, you know, yoga, you know, you talk a lot about how different things that you've done have helped you on your journey. Tell us a little bit about that. And, and were there any specific books or specific teachings that really made a big impact on you early on? Absolutely. Yeah. So I am a yoga teacher. I love yogic philosophy, but I didn't always. I grew up playing soccer and baseball and volleyball and basketball, and I thought yoga was stupid and slow and boring. <laughs> and it took me many years to open up to it. It was actually in New Zealand when, after my mom had passed, my dad remarried, and my stepmom sent me a yoga DVD that was quite challenging physically. So I was like, okay, I can sweat. I can get behind this. And it took me getting, I was in my masculine energy. It took me having that experience to realize there was something more to yoga that I was ready to welcome in. And yoga is a way of life. It is not a fitness class. For anyone who is listening that goes to yoga all stressed out and leaves still feeling a bit stressed, you're not doing it right. <laughs> Allow yourself to come into the essence of yoga is a way of being. It's a way of thinking. It's a way of experiencing life. It's not just physical postures. It's not just the poses. Yoga is our ability to trust and believe in ourselves and our wisdom from within. So just like I was saying earlier, it's about coming home to yourself, coming to your breath, coming to the present moment, coming to the experience of being in your body in that moment, that's coming into the feminine. And my yoga journey, I just absolutely love it. I'm so grateful for having yoga in my life. And one of the books that changed my life, that is not necessarily yogic centered, but it is yogic philosophy, is You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. She has now passed, but this book, Asha, this book changed my life. She talks about the physical ailments in your body and how your thoughts have created the energy for those physical ailments to occur and how when you're experiencing pain in your body, you can use different thought processes to shift the energy makeup in your body, shift the energetic molecules to alleviate that physical pain. So previously when I talked about having digestive discomfort and chronic headaches and being addicted to wine and Netflix... It took this book and this concept for me to realize that I had empowerment from within, that I had choice in the way I was experiencing life every day. That's amazing. And, and I definitely think uh, I'm going to try to find that book, but I'm definitely addicted to wine and Netflix right now. Maybe my poison is whiskey, but. <laughs> and, and, and you're not alone with that. And I also do enjoy a glass of wine and Netflix. I think, I think the key is knowing that it's a choice yeah. instead of it being a crutch. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. 
you know, throughout this pandemic, we've definitely seen a big shift, as we talked about before, of people really reevaluating their lives and what's important to them. And record numbers of people are moving right now, moving out of big cities, looking for more space and taking breaks from their corporate jobs and uh, reassessing relationships in their lives. Why do you think this is happening? Mm. So previously when I mentioned bringing harmony and balance to the earth, to the energy and the polarity of the earth, I believe this is all a part of that. So while this pandemic has created a lot of challenge and disruption for everyone, it has also been a great gift for many. It has caused them to have the space and the time to do nothing but reflect, to connect in with what matters to them, to release social obligations and relationships that actually drain them and give them an excuse or a permission slip to do so. I believe this is happening because to be honest, Asha, and this might be a little, little bold to say, but I believe this is for women to rise in their strength and their power because that is what is going to create the harmony that we as a conscious collective, as our whole culture need to create change in this world. And I don't say that lightly. Women have this incredible power within them. Like I shared before, when you touch into your intuition, you know things without knowing them. You can feel the sensations. And I believe this is a calling home for women. To come back to centuries ago when women and their innate gifts were celebrated, before the burning of the witches and all of the craziness that occurred centuries ago, women had this beautiful ability to know the answers, to know the wisdom, to share stories, to have deep connection, to not be exhausted and burnt out. And I believe this is occurring for us to come home to that and find a way to marry it in today's society where we can still accomplish our goals. We can still do all of the things we desire to and we get to be happy. We get to feel healthy. We get to feel whole. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And, and when you look at kind of the research, you know, women are being disproportionately affected during the pandemic, particularly women with kids, right? I think that is a very important distinction because I don't have children of my own. I know that you have a, a fur baby, <laughs> you know? but it, it is a very sort of different dynamic when all of a sudden now you've got the kids home and you have to homeschool them in addition to doing your day job and taking care of all of the other things that are important to your life. That is quite the challenge. And I think that not every woman is fortunate enough to also have a partner as well. So, you know, a lot of things that a lot of the systems, uh, for example, that they relied on are at least not there hopefully in the short term, but we don't know how long this is going to last, as you mentioned before. How do you think women with children and kind of just that added responsibility, how can they take a bit more action and be a bit more empowered in their own life? Yeah, this is a real, it's a really big topic. And I'm surrounded by newer moms, which is incredible. And I love the experience. And I've been asking them, how is this affecting you more? And one of the things that actually my sister shared with me is, as soon as the lockdown happened, I lost my babysitters. I lost my support. I haven't gone on a date with my husband in months and months. I can't take my kid well, for a time. Couldn't take her kids to the park. She, uh, you know, her husband was working from home, but daddy has to work. And so there's not the space for the outlets and the resources to support the individual. And my best friend worked from home. Her husband was able to stay at his office. She worked from home with a toddler. There was no childcare. There was no swimming lesson she could go to. There was nowhere else for her to go. She literally was doing a call center job 
with a toddler. And I think for you ladies who are listening, who are moms, because we're natural caregivers, it's a lot easier for us to really place that type of pressure on ourselves. The pressure of, I have to maintain the energy of the family and the household. I can't break down. I have to keep it together. If I break down, the kids will break down and then the whole family falls apart. If I don't get food on the table, we're going to have a meltdown. There's just so many different ways that this pressure can be placed. And to answer your question, ladies, you need to ask for support. Let go of the idea that you're supposed to have it all together because you're not. Now, I don't care what you see on social media. It's not true. That is one-tenth of their life. Let go of the judgment. Let go of thinking that you're supposed to have it figured out because you're not. Nobody knows what they're doing. There is no handbook. Ask for help. Ask for support from everyone and anyone. So important. I I think that is a a big deal. (laughs) And uh, Thanksgiving, holidays, you know, these are all natural times for reflection. And you mentioned a little bit about kind of asking for help, but is there anything else? What are the things that you think people can do to really help themselves during this holiday season? And how do you think that your tools could potentially help as well navigate that process? Yeah, well, the number one thing I would recommend <laughs> is to get a copy of Feminine Warrior, my book. <laughs> because, my plug? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Deanna> Deacon.com. slash <laughs> Feminine Warrior. Get yourself a copy. You can order on Amazon as well. But the reason that I share that is not to plug myself. It is because this book will bring you home to what you already know about yourself. It will remind you of your value, your importance, that you have the power to create your life every day. You have choice every moment in how you react to a situation. And the book is set up in five different sections. The final section is going to be so ideal for everyone embodied in their masculine energy. It's the literal how-tos. How do you create space to explore meditation? What is meditation? How do you start journaling? What does journaling look like? What does it mean to do earthing? What is earthing? What are different styles of breath work? What is EFT tapping for emotional freedom? These are all more holistic tools that are literally at your fingertips, can be done within two minutes of sitting in the bathroom with the door locked with your kids banging on it and allow you to still come into your own self. And for those of you who are able to go into an office, you can use these tools at any point in your office space. So if you're in a cubicle, if you're in a full office with a closed door, before you make those phone calls, before you send those emails, before you complete that project, Tap into the tools in this Feminine Warrior book to allow yourself to be more centered and grounded. And I promise, I promise the outcome of what you create in your life and how you feel about it will change. This is, it's everything. It's everything. It's everything. I think, I think that's a nice way to put it. It's everything. Uh, I think that the notion, a lot of times when you hear about quote unquote self-help books, a lot of times they feel very in the air you know, very pithy, very chicken soupy. And, uh, you know, I think that the practicality of your book and the fact that it's actually tangibly useful is, I think, a major point of difference and one of the key reasons we were excited to have you on today. Thank you. Yeah, it was really important to me that I, I mean, I'm a bit of a self-help junkie. My bookshelves are full, but I found that I would read a book, feel so inspired. This has changed my life. Everything's incredible. I get it now. And then a week later, I'm back to my same inner dialogue of I'm not good enough. I can't accomplish that. I'm exhausted. Everyone is working against me. This is too hard. 
And I vowed to myself that my first book, first of what I hope to be many, Asha, my first book would have the tools that an individual needs to take these teachings and not just let it be something they read one time, but become their life. And that's so important to me. So I'm, I'm glad that you can feel the power in that as well. Yeah, it definitely feels that power. Um, and so as we do with all of our episodes, we will uh, end with uh, asking you for a piece of advice. You know, what advice would you give someone who is either struggling or seeking empowerment uh, in their life? Mm, ask for help. Ask for help. Whether that is turning to a friend that you care deeply for, you know that they can hold your best interests at heart, hiring a coach, going to see a counselor, asking for support through your doctor, uh, leaning on your coworkers and letting them know, I'm not feeling okay lately. Things are off and I don't know what to do about it. Spend time in nature. Ask for help from high above. Ask for help from whatever your belief system takes you to. Know that you are supported. And the only reason it doesn't feel that way, the only reason you can't find that is you've just blocked that aspect. So by just by the act of you asking for help, you will start opening yourself up to receiving the support, the love, the kindness and compassion that your heart is really asking for so you can feel whole and full. Ask for help three simple words, you know, and it doesn't, uh, it's in no way, shape or form reflection of your abilities or capabilities. So I think that is super beautiful. Deanna, thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of Disruptor Series. I'm sure our listeners have gotten a wealth of knowledge from you. So thank you so much. Thank you, Asha. It's an honor and a privilege to be here from my tiny town in BC, Canada. It's such a gift. Thank you. Go Canada! Yeah, we're two Canadian gals. <laughs> Everybody knows, and I, I feel like this is not the time to rub it in that we're Canadian, so I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Disruptor Series podcast, Adweek's Agency Podcast of the Year. Craving more disruption? Visit us at tbwashydayny.com. 